1: It's Wednesday, December first, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, Hoynesy. We are on the verge of a lockout here, as the uh, the collective bargaining agreement is, uh, you know, set to expire, and uh, players and ownership are not, according to reports, not even close to any sort of a, a, an agreement uh, to keep things from. Avoiding a lockout, we're headed towards that. Uh, some reports say by by tomorrow. Uh, there continues to be a, a little bit of movement in terms of uh, players signing uh, contracts. Yesterday, we saw uh, former Cleveland catcher Roberto Perez uh, sign a one year deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, we can talk about that here, but just the uh, the threat of a lockout. We're uh, we're at this situation again uh, where the the players and the owners can't come to an agreement to keep things open and running. And uh, it's the first step towards a uh, possible uh, uh, delay to the start of the season.
0: Yeah, Joe, the last time there was a lockout was 1990 and I was uh, sitting in my hotel room in Tucson, Arizona during spring training, uh, writing about minor leaguers. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that that's, a, that's a long time ago you know, there's been almost a quarter century of, of labor peace uh, between the players and, and the owners, you know, after they, you know, took the game to the brink in uh, 1995, 1994, I should say, when they canceled the World Series. Um, so, uh, you know, this is a precedent, uh, not precedent setting, setting but uh, it certainly, you know, it certainly gets your attention. And, uh, you know, you the, the one good thing I, I can say is that, if there is a lockout, they've got all winter to negotiate and get a deal done before spring training, before the season opens. And hopefully the season isn't, isn't damaged.
1: And, and we got, uh, you know, a, a whiff of this, a hint of this, a couple of uh, back during the, the height of the pandemic when uh, baseball basically was shuttered. And then to get things back going and to get to an abbreviated season in 2020 Uh, We basically had to go through negotiations similar to this, you know, not like the whole collective bargaining agreement was on the table, but uh, it was the two sides needing to come together. And, you know, the fans and the media basically watching the two of them interact going, "Okay, guys, get your acts together and get something on the field here. Uh, It seems like we're headed towards that same sort of helpless feeling that 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 gripped us from the early days of the, the pandemic back when we were all on lockdown. Uh, this is <laughs> to use a, a millennial word as kind of triggering for some of us to, to be sitting here uh, experiencing this and and the feeling of, Hey, you know, baseball might be shut down for a little while.
0: Yeah. And, and the good thing is, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it, in the pandemic, when they were trying to set the rules for the season in 2000 before the 2020 season, you know, they were just slinging mud at each other and it was like, Open and public and nasty, and you just got frustrated with it. You know, it just uh, it 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 was killing the game. I think, and they did themselves. Each side did themselves no favors. At least this time around, at least until now, the the negotiations have been pretty, you know, under wraps. No one has taken a shot at the other guy. Uh, So, uh, you know, let's see what happens here, and uh, maybe they'll uh, be able to work something out. And Joe, if if the system is broken, then why have they why have they spent uh, why have teams spent like almost two billion dollars over the last four or five days on, on free agents? I mean, that's a heck of a system. Right. We've
1: seen uh, a, a lot of of spending basically up until uh, this deadline. Uh, they moved the the non tender deadline up to yesterday. Uh, we saw Cleveland tender contracts to all seven of the arbitration eligible players. Uh, as well as everybody else on the 40-man roster, uh, so there, there won't be any sort of, uh, you know, disputes there. We we'll, we'll Eventually, they'll get to that process of exchanging numbers with the arbitration players, uh, but that might all be in a compressed window sometime later on in spring training, if we ever get to that point. Uh, it, it just, uh, you and I were talking earlier about how you know, this is actually kind of nice to get some, some activity and some movement on the free agent side of things, whereas normally in a year, uh, th- this free agent process drags on throughout the whole month of uh, December and into January, and it, it's, it's more like a, a slow drip instead of a, a fire hose. This has been drinking from the fire hose, uh, you know, in terms of free agency uh, with, the, with the news and the signings. Now, none of that's uh, been related to the Guardians at all. But, you know, that's for other reasons besides, uh, you know, uh, the, the availability
0: of these players. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's just amazing the amount of money that has been spent in such a short time. You know, and, you know, just a year ago after the pandemic, everyone's every team was was saying how much money they had lost, how much, you know, it's going to take a while to recoup and uh you know you you wonder <laughs> where did this money come from you know you just you know if were the owners ca- crying wolf or were they you know i'm sure you know teams small market teams that didn't have their attendance in 2020 were hurting and uh even in 2021 with uh you know the reduced crowds because covid was still in place they're, they're still rebounding from that but obviously you know a lot of teams if you're texas and you can spend half a billion dollars on four players, three or four players, you know, that money's got to come from somewhere. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really, you know, I could see why the players might be a little skeptical when, when the owners cry, uh, you're poor.
1: Come on, Hoytsey. Everybody knows the pandemic didn't happen in Texas and (laughs) they they, they can spend whatever they want. Uh, uh, Yeah. I, I kind of tend to agree with you there, but that's, the, the owners are notorious for never wanting to open up the books or, or you know, show their hand in terms of what, they, what they've got. We, we know it's got to be far more than, you know, what they're crying for. Uh, I, I, I tended to believe Chris Antonetti when he said that, you know, the, the financial outlook was pretty dire for, for Cleveland. But yeah. uh, that's, again, that's for other reasons. I mean, you look around and you just see that there's nobody at the ballpark for half the season. There's, there's validity to that statement. Uh, but as we mentioned earlier, Roberto Perez, uh, he's going to get $5 million uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, just uh, after eight seasons with, with Cleveland, uh, what do you take away from Roberto Perez's time uh, with, uh, with the ball club? I love uh,
0: Perez. Lo- really like Roberto. Um, you know, I thought he was just a good, solid defensive catcher. Kind of got his chance to uh, play every day late. You know, he was playing behind Jan Gomes. He was playing behind a couple guys uh, and really didn't get a, get an opportunity until they traded Gomes. Uh, he has the, the, the good year in 2019 and then can't stay healthy. And I uh, really, really feel bad for, felt bad for him that, you know, he couldn't stay on the field. He wins two gold gloves. He throws great. You know, offense certainly, you know, he was, you know, uh, he was short. His offensive game was short. But if you're a catcher and you're a gold glove catcher and you can hit 20 home runs a season, like he did in 2019, you know, you're golden, you know, you're, 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 you're set. And now he's going to Pittsburgh. Hopefully he's healthy, but I feel bad. He's going from the kind of the frying pan into the fire. Uh, you know, the Indians, uh, you know, have been a contender and now you're, uh, now you're, you're going to a team that's rebuilding and, uh, you know, you just don't, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, it's going to take them a while, but the big thing is it looks like he's going to be starting Joe, right? Cause right. They, they traded Stallings uh, the day right. before.
1: Right. Yeah. They, they, they traded away their, their starter uh, coveted catcher and Jacob Stallings. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Roberto uh, he was always very good with the media. He was always very, uh, you know, willing to answer any questions and talk with us at, at length about uh, the pitching staff and always handle the pitching staff really well. Uh, he did, after that 2019 season, you know, he didn't sit back and rest on it. He knew he had to get stronger and get healthier. He, he dropped weight. He hired a, a personal trainer in the offseason before the uh, the 2021 season. Came into camp looking, uh, you know, really fit. And uh, it, it didn't help. He, he, he breaks his finger on a freak cross-up with James Karinczak on a on a curveball in, in Chicago. And then that sort of sends the whole, uh, you know, the dice tumbling on another injury-plagued season for him. So maybe uh, in Pittsburgh, he can prove that he can stay healthy. And, you know, I, I, maybe he doesn't stay in Pittsburgh for the whole season. Maybe uh, the the Pirates with a one-year contract there, flip him to a contender by the end of the season that's looking for for somebody to, you know, calm down a pitching staff, a, a veteran guy. Uh, maybe he gets a chance like that uh, to, to, to chase after a ring there after, you know, uh, you, <laughs> Remember, he he hit two home runs in a in a game in a in a World Series game in, in Cleveland in 2016. So there's there's still that he can he can still do those. Yeah, that
0: things. you know that was probably the highlight of his career when you know he stepped in for Gomes and you know really handled that staff great to Game Seven of the World Series. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. That, another another former Indian that signed Joe was Cesar Hernandez signed a one year deal with Washington for four million.
1: Well, and then he's back in the uh, National League East. He's very familiar with that, uh, that division and, and those teams and uh, have fun playing out in the National League East. All right, great. All right, let's, uh, let's dive into our player of the day on the 40-man roster. It's uh, a guy that, uh, you know, might be a surprise to be on the 40-man roster as a pitcher, as a relief pitcher. It's Anthony Gose, uh, 31 years old and he completely reworked his career and made it back to the big leagues. Uh, probably one of the stories of the year for Cleveland last year was that the ghost uh, was able to come up, made six appearances at the end of the season, worked his way all the way up to the, uh, to the majors. And, and when he got here, he was pretty good in a, in a small sample size.
0: Yeah, definitely, Joe. Inter- really, really an interesting guy. You know, the Indians have had him in the system for a couple of years now, you know, as he tried to make that transformation from the outfielder to a pitcher. They all, he always had the great arm. He has a great arm, obviously. And uh, the, the question was control. Can he throw enough strikes? And he certainly did that this past season. what, uh, in the six appearances with, uh, with the uh, uh, Cleveland, you know, uh, 1.35 ERA, nine strikeouts, two walks. He gives up two hits in six and two third innings. Joe, he faced right-handers hit one eighteen against him. Uh, Left-handers didn't get a hit. The lefties went uh, zero and five against him. So, I mean, this guy's dealing, and obviously, that's a that's a small sample size. You know, six and two third innings. But at AAA, he goes six and one, three point five five. You know, forty nine Ks, twenty eight walks. He's he's averaging thirteen four strikeouts per nine innings, you know, the walks were high, uh, you know, uh, uh, which has, you know, been his kind of problem, but, you know, I think he, you know, and, you know, he seems to enjoy it, Joe. He tr- seems to like squeeze everything he can out of his career. I mean, he goes to the Olympics last, this mm-hmm. past winter, he's pitching winter ball now. So he's yeah. trying to get better, man.
1: Yeah. That's, I was, I was shocked that I saw some video of him pitching winter ball during, uh, as recently as this earlier last month, Uh, I, I get the sense that he just wants to be on the, in the dugout, on the field. He just wants to be out there. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's triple a, if they they said, you know, you're going to be in the minors, most of the season, he says, okay, give me the ball. Let's go. You know, he's got probably the best attitude and approach to the game of baseball that I've seen out of a, a big leaguer in, in all my time covering pro sports. I, this is, this is a guy who from everybody you talk to says he's the best teammate you've, they've ever had. Who was it? Uh, uh, that, that mentioned, uh, they was, was it Trevor Stephan? Somebody uh, mentioned that, you know, just being uh, being with him in AAA and then being with him at, uh, at the major league level, he's, he's a guy that you talk to and you, you just, find time to, to, to hang around with him and, and pick his brain because of the experience that he has.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who last played in the, in the big leagues as a, uh, as a, as a position player in 2016. So, and then five years later, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he makes it back that's... as a pitcher. So, I mean, that's, that takes some, uh, you know, you gotta be, you gotta have the, you gotta have your mind right to, to make that transition, to stick with it and keep grinding like that. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, and this guy, you know, had played with Detroit and Toronto as an outfielder. Uh, Then, you know, he he just, you know, I know I've heard that he said, I just, I just wasn't, I just couldn't hit, you know, I just wasn't, I just didn't, didn't hit enough to, uh, you know, stay in the big leagues, uh, or at least in his terms. And so he made the transition.
1: It, uh, it seems like, though, in the second half of the season, in the it, while he was in AAA, uh, sort of whatever light bulb needed to go off on the mound really did. Uh, he didn't allow a run after August 15th at the AAA level uh, in what, he pitched 13 innings, three hits, only six walks. So it, it sort of went hand in hand. He didn't give up any runs, and the walks were, were reduced dramatically. I think that's the, the number that jumped out uh, in his major league uh, outings. The six outings was that he, he only had the two walks he, over the season, the course of the season, he had 28 with triple a, you know, that seemed a little high, but, but like, like we said, there, late in the, in, in August, it, it looked like the lights sort or of light bulb sort of went off. Is that something that he's going to be able to, you know, by going to winter ball, maintain that feel as they get back to spring training and, uh, where does he position himself in terms of the, the way this bullpen sets up for next year? Yeah.
0: I think that's why obviously he went to winter ball. You know, this is a guy that knows he has to, he, he knows he's behind, you know, his, he's got a late start on this thing and he's got to, you know, he's got to keep working at it. He's 31. He's got to, you know, keep, you know, kind of just honing his craft and, and trying to, you know, make the transition and, and, and trying to just get, you know, get better. I, I I I remember talking to Ruben Ruben Niebla at the end of the season, uh, when the when the Indians ended the season in Texas, and he was talking about uh, uh, he's talking about Ghosts, and uh, you know he had him a couple years ago in Double A, and Ghost was only throwing at eighty eight to eighty seven to eighty eight miles an hour, and and you know they they had brought Ghosts in with the reputation, and, you know he's he, this guy throws a hundred and and uh, uh, Neable said, hey, you know, uh, he, he had a heart-to-heart with Ghost and, and, and told him, hey, uh, you know, I've got, I've got 13, 14, 15 left-handers that can do what you're doing. You know, I want to see the velocity that we heard, heard from, heard that, that you have. And Ghost said, well, you know, in the last organization I was with, I mean, Texas, when he tried to make the, the transition, he said, they wanted me to throw strikes and concentrate on throwing strikes. I, and, and Neable goes, let it go. We'll work on, we'll get <laughs> you to throw strikes. You let the, you let the ball go. And you know, that was a big, that was, a, helped him turn it around.
1: That was sort of the moment that he, uh, he, he unleashed the beast. And we saw, you know, he was hitting triple digits on the radar gun. When he came up that gives uh, Terry Francona, if he wants to use ghosts, you know, in, in, you know, towards the back end of the bullpen, that gives him uh, hard throwers from both sides of the plate or uh, from both sides of the mound uh, and, and leading up to, you know, hundred miles an hour in, in Emmanuel class a, uh, can you, you just picture a, a bullpen with these big arms now that you've got, I mean, uh, Karen check can, can get it up in the high nineties. Uh, Trevor Steffen can throw, uh, you know, mid nineties plus uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some of these guys,
0: I mean, you know, Hank is, is he can throw, he throws hard, uh, you know, so you've got like four or five guys at at the back end of that, that, you know, that, that could really help you if if they can all, you know, if they all fall into the the, the certain slots. Right.
1: Uh, What does a good 22 uh, 2022 season look like for Anthony ghost, obviously making the club out of spring training would be the, uh, the first goal on his, his sort of checklist uh, he's on the 40 man roster. So that makes it a little easier there, but uh, if, if he doesn't make it and, and has to start at triple a, you know, how many, how many appearances can we reasonably expect out of him uh, If, if he's, if he's on the same trajectory that he was when he finished the season.
0: Wow. That's a great question. And uh, you know, we just uh, you know, I, I even, I'm not looking at his minor league, uh, you know, how many, I wonder what he topped out at in the minors. Uh, you know, what he sure. made, uh, in Columbus, what he pitched 33 innings in Columbus, uh, another, uh, you know, geez, he, he threw what, uh, 33 in Columbus, uh, six, that's, that's 40 close to 40. Then, uh, you know, like uh, another five in the Olympics, 45. I don't know. You know, I, I would think, you know, he's probably a guy that if he makes the club 50 to 60 innings, you know, in, in those situations and, you know, then, then get him, you know, maybe, you know, he seems to be a one, one inning guy. Don't you think, Joe? I, I don't know if he goes more than one, but yeah, probably
1: be, not. Um, you know. As far as look at, look at Trevor Stephan and, uh, you know, the way they sort of treated him last year as a, as a rookie and sort of finding his way there. Uh, he, he appeared in 43 games, but he did pitch 63 innings. They, they sort of saw him more as a multi-inning guy. Uh, I would say probably the same number of appearances uh, between that 40 to, to, to 50 sort of appearances if, if Ghost is able to, to, to last the entire season at the major league level if he's, if he's deemed effective. Uh, just just watching that that strikeout to walk ratio and uh, the number of walks is, is what's going to be really telling. If he's putting extra guys on base, uh, that that's going to be an issue. Uh, it looks like he's he's able to sort of uh, you know control the 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 team's batting average just his, with his overwhelming fastball. But he's going to get hit at some point. He only throws two pitches. He's, yeah. he's going to get hit. Uh, at some point, how he deals with that and how he comes back and how he, he bounces back after they do hit the ball off of him. That's what's going to be telling
0: uh, as far as Anthony goes. Yeah. Fastball slider, you know, fastball averages right around 99 miles an hour of sliders at, at 84. Uh, yeah. And, and those are the two pitches he's going to have to, you know, he's going to, it, it, he kind of puts him in a tight box, but you know, if you can control those two pitches, and you know, not walk people. He's going to be successful. Then Joe, the thing is, he's out of options too. So right. you know that mm-hmm. that's t- there. So the Indians are going to have. To, I mean, the Cardians are going to have a decision to make. You know, at the end of spring training or somewhere along the line here. You know, what while they're dealing with the roster spots.
1: At at some point, the novelty is going to wear off. Of oh, there's the guy that you know used to be an outfielder and now he's a pitcher. Uh, when he first made his his major league debut. You could see the guys in the other dugout sort of come up to the top step and, and peek over the railing because they wanted to get a look at this guy. You know, the, the guy that used to be an outfielder who's throwing 100 miles an hour now as a reliever. That novelty is going to wear off probably right after Miguel Cabrera hits a home run off of him. You know, that's <laughs> uh, it's it, it, it's it's gonna, and, and that's when he becomes Anthony Ghost, the relief pitcher uh, who, who has to deal with all the same things mentally that that sort of these guys do. All right, Hoynzy, we're going to wrap up today's uh, show uh, heading into uh, towards the end of this week. As we we head towards a lockout, We'll, uh, we'll see what the future holds for Major League Baseball here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you again
0: tomorrow. All right, Joe.